It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble. If they have to be vaccinated before they come, how often they have to be tested, all of those sorts of things, they need an answer so that they can tie up loose ends where they are and get ready to start whatever season is coming. You are listening live to Quick Kicks, a presentation of Third Down Gamble. All right, everyone, we have a very special guest tonight, John Hodge of Three Down Nation. And John, uh, really happy that you could join our little podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you. And before we get into all of this stuff that we know we're going to hit, where does John Hodge get into podcasting? Where does he get into news coverage? Oh, that's a great question. I, I... You know, I've been a CFL fan since I can remember. I, uh, I grew up in Winnipeg as part of a CFL family. My parents, bomber season ticket holders since before I was born. They, My grandparents were bomber season ticket holders before them. So I was always passionate about football growing up, loved the game, uh, was never very good at it, uh, knew if I wanted to stay in it for a long period of time, it wasn't going to be as a player, it had to be something else. When I was good at writing and I, I developed that skill, I thought, okay, maybe there's a marriage here. I launched my own website covering the Bombers in 2014. And from there, I rolled into writing things basically league-wide. I think that was April of 2015. And uh, my goal with my independent site was to make money within a year. Remember, that was my goal. I'm like, I'm going to see if in a, in a year I can make a little bit of money doing this. About a week after I launched my website, Drew Edwards of the Hamilton Spectator emailed me and says, hey, do you want to be part of this thing called Three Down Nation? And so I uh, closed the website that I launched one week earlier, and I joined Three Down in May of 2015. It's the shortest-lived website of all time. Yeah, it's almost six years later. Drew's no longer affiliated with the site. He's moved on to other stuff. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's Justin Dunk and myself and our amazing team that we have of contributors and just grown over time. And what I've been fortunate enough to do is grown and it's been a blast. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, that's an amazing experience to have. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that I'm, you know, the CFL is something I've literally been passionate about since, since again, I was a little kid. Again, came on a three down as a bomber blogger. The bombers were my team growing up as a, as a Winnipeg native and as somebody who, you know, grew up attending games at Canada Stadium and then, you know, making the shift to IG Field, obviously, when that stadium opened up. As as time's gone on, I've transitioned into more league coverage, and and the other, like I've again, I've primarily been a league fan my whole life. The Bombers were my team uh, for for you know the first twenty years of my life, but you know it didn't matter in my household if it was Bombers Riders or if it was Lions Alouettes. We would watch every game, and that's something that uh, you know if if Winnipeg didn't have a CFL team. I'd feel really sad for my Bomber fan friends, but it wouldn't change how I cover the league. I, I, I enjoy covering them all. I enjoy watching them all. I think that's one of the great things about the CFL is the fact that it is so small and you can have such strong fandom of all nine teams, right? It's not like the NHL where you might know your team really well and, and maybe your team's rival or maybe your division. But you know, if you're a, if you're a Habs fan, what do you really know about the Los Angeles Kings, right? You're never going to see them play. You're, you, you might not know a single player on their roster. The CFL is not like that. The CFL is a small league. It's intimate. It's, uh, I, think, I think that's one of its strengths is the fact that it is a small league. I've never seen that as a weakness. Um, the business people might disagree with that. 
but that's that's always been my view. I think it's a great league to be a fan of, as opposed to a lot of other leagues where really it just makes sense to be a fan of a team. As we look at this league, what got them to this point beyond COVID? The whole discussion with Johnson, Garcia, and Redbird would even precipitate back last fall. Well, the CFL, really since the 1970s and 80s, has not enjoyed necessarily the same economic windfall that it once did. We talk about the 70s and the 80s as the heyday of the CFL. The research that I've done, which admittedly is not terribly detailed because, frankly, there's just not a lot of public information available about the history of the CFL's finances, I'm not necessarily convinced that that's accurate. I think that the last 15 years, the league has been in a fine economic place. The only time I think there was real jeopardy that the CFL was facing, real uncertainty, uh, was the the mid-1990s. And American expansion was done essentially as a Hail Mary moment. Look, we can get some wealthy American investors to give us expansion fees. We can use those, those funds to tide us over. And that's what happened. We got some American teams in the CFL. Um, I've read all about it. There's a great book by, I believe it's Ed Wills, um, End Zones and Border Wars, I believe it's called. It's fabulous. I'd highly recommend it to anybody who wants to learn more about American expansion in the CFL. Outside of the Baltimore Stallions, the teams were a disaster, but that didn't matter to the Canadian teams because they got their money. They sustained themselves through the 1990s. And then the CFL had a bit of a renaissance in the 2000s. So to me, the I... I, I have been skeptical throughout this situation regarding the, you know, the narrative that the CFL is this antiquated, horribly run, extremely poor organization, this, this league that can barely even function uh, from a financial standpoint. Because I don't think that's true. The CFL is really just a, an accumulation of nine teams. We know that the three publicly owned teams, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg, make money. There are at least three privately owned teams, though we don't get to see the books, that I think it's reasonable to believe do uh, okay, probably even breaking even. That's Calgary, that's Ottawa, and that's Hamilton. The other three are the problem areas, and those are the big markets. But if you go back to the 1960s and 70s, the situation was reversed. Edmonton and Saskatchewan, well, Edmonton has always been strong, but but Saskatchewan and Winnipeg were considered the the have-nots in the CFL for a very long time. They were the recipients of a lot of gate equalization funds. They were the they were recipients of a lot of revenue sharing to keep those franchises alive. So having a couple of teams struggling is not a new story. And by the way, it's not a story that's exclusive to the CFL. There's lots of NHL teams that lose their hat every year, for instance, to use, to use hockey as an example. So to me, this is the CFL trying to say, how can we mitigate further losses? Because the CFL is going to lose money again in 2021. Like stands are not going to be full. To me, it's a short-sighted decision. And to me, it is something that, at least in my view, is unnecessary. And it's not my job to tell rich people how to spend their money. But I've done all the research. I've done the post for Three Down Nation. The CFL is owned by exorbitantly wealthy people. Yes, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes, Redbird Capital is $4 million in assets. Great for them. CFL owners have more money. Now, do they want to spend it on the CFL? I don't think they do. At least I don't think many of them do. But let's not pretend that the CFL is owned by poppers or the CFL is owned by people who are, you know, oh, they're doing their best to keep this business running and people just aren't interested. No, 4 million people watch the Grey Cup every year. CFL fans are everywhere. 
I think the, the story is really wealthy owners have done little to invest in their own products. And if they're not willing to invest a little bit more than that, right, coming out of a pandemic, then a change might be necessary, i.e. the NFL. But I reject the narrative that the CFL's business model is broken. And I also reject the narrative that there's no way out of this but the XFL. If owners wanted to dig into their own pockets just a little bit, I think this league would be just fine for the for not just the short term, but the long term as well. If one conjectures that the CFL can survive on its own, why is then Ambrosi even entertaining these ideas? Is he looking at the waters and saying, I don't know if I'm getting much support from guys trying to bring this league along through this pandemic and maybe I have to go entertain some other ideas to help us along? Well, I think one thing that has plagued the CFL for a long time, and this is a a thought that comes up a lot uh, talking to people around the league, is that the CFL has had a poor history of having all nine franchises pull in the same direction. Because let's remember, Randy Ambrosi, though he is the commissioner, he is just one person, and he is responsible to report to the nine owners and give them uh, uh, feedback, obviously, on, on certain things. But at the end of the day, they employ him, and they have the right to tell him what to do. In the last 15 years, as, for example, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have become an economic juggernaut, it's hard for the league office to tell the riders what to do. Because the riders make money hand over fist. They're an extremely powerful organization. And that is true of other organizations in the league. Maybe not to the same economic tune, but they either have very bullish presidents with very strong agendas, or they have very deep set traditions they they feel are things that should be upheld. And so having nine teams pulling in nine different directions is tough. There's a lot of ego there. There's a lot of headstrong Uh, personalities there. Um, One thing that I think has made the NFL extremely strong is that the 32 teams generally, not always, but generally pull tightly in the same direction. They see the goal is, is becoming the biggest and best league imaginable. They share their revenue, right? Los Angeles, but what was the population of Los Angeles compared to Green Bay? There are markets that are absolutely dwarfed in the NFL, yet the Packers always have money. Why? Well, revenue sharing. Granted, they also sell out Lambeau Field, but the point is they care about the little guys just as much as the big guys. They all take care of each other. If you have a bad year, you're not going to take a bath. Why? Because, again, they're going to split the money. The CFL doesn't split the money. You can have teams making money hand over fist, and you can have teams losing their shirt. And they don't think, in my opinion anyways, they work together well at all and so i think that's something that's that's really plagued the cfl badly is nine teams pulling in nine different directions because if you're randy ambrosi right and and i think there are some examples of randy ambrosi doing a poor job of leading the league but one thing i do have to give him credit for is it would be in the current the current climate of the cfl it's darn near impossible to do a great job commissioning a league where you've got certain team presidents who want X, certain team presidents who want Y, certain teams that want Z, and those things may or may not have anything in common with one another. In fact, some of them could be antithetical to one another, and now you're trying to push and pull in opposite directions to help or hurt people. It's it's a messy situation. The, the XFL business, I'm personally not a fan. I'm highly skeptical that it could work. 
to me, the only way that they should be exploring it is if it's the Hail Mary that will, that will save the CFL. That said, the CFL, at least to my knowledge, didn't have billionaires backing it in the 1990s when it took the Hail Mary of American expansion. Currently, it does. Like MLSE, which owns the Toronto Argonauts, has $5 billion American dollars in assets. Now, does that mean they're going to spend $5 billion promoting the Argonauts? No. Does it mean that they could easily sustain, say, $5 million of losses in 2021? The answer is yes. MLSC losing $5 million bucks would be like you or me losing a nickel. Like, for goodness sakes, it's nothing. In an economic climate where a lot of rich people have lost a lot of money in the last year, there's not much appetite to lose anymore, even if it's uh, a relatively small amount of money. CFL players all wear a face mask for safety. With COVID-19 on our field, we also need to wear our masks to keep everyone safe. Do your part. Be a team player. So the CFL, from what I understand, is now looking to the federal government for some support to get through 2021. Is that what you hear and... Yeah, my so my colleague Justin Dunk wrote the story that yes, they've gone to the feds again. Um, they did get access to the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy uh, (CEWS) or Q's um, to help cover uh, some player costs for for 2020. However, the league initially, in their big grand ask, we're approaching the end the anniversary of that from May of 2020 when 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 Mr. Ambrosi asked the Finance Committee at the House of Commons for $150 million uh, to sustain them. And it was also then he, that he revealed that on an average year, teams lose 10 to $20 million in the Canadian Football League, which from an optics perspective was a disaster. And I think his lack of preparation for that pitch that he gave the government is probably his most egregious step as commissioner, misstep, I should say, as commissioner. That said, when it boiled down to it, basically to play or to not play, in 2020, the CFL said, okay, we, we don't need the 150, but we need 30 million and we want it interest free. When the government said no, that's when the CFL canceled their season. The thing that I think people need to understand and appreciate is that doesn't mean the government did not offer the CFL a loan because the federal government in an economic and health crisis, which is what we've been in now for 15 months, it's hard to, or pardon me, for 13 months, it's hard to pick favorites, right? You can't offer the CFL something that you haven't offered other businesses in this country. And I'm not aware of any other businesses, privately owned, publicly owned, whatever, that received large interest-free loans. There have been bailouts. There have been things of that nature. But when you go to the, 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 the federal government and you, you put together what is, in my view, a sloppy pitch, and then you ask for something special, something that's unique, something that's different from the bailouts that are being offered to these other businesses or these these term loans or these bridge loans that are being offered. I don't blame the federal government for saying no, because frankly, left, right or center, I don't want to live in a world where anybody can go to the government and say, hey, I need some interest free money. Can you give it to me? And when they say, OK, um, what do you need it for? they get a check. I, I don't I don't want that. I think that we should all have to demonstrate that we need the money. And I think that there should be interest from loans from the government, unless it's a very special case. And I don't think the CFL did a good job as much as I love the league. 
I don't think the CFL did a good enough job illustrating the need there. So yes, they've gone back for 2021. There have been no details reported of the exact ask yet. And there's been um, uh, no response from the government positively or negatively about offering a loan. I just hope that the CFL have their ducks in a row more so in 2021 than they did a year ago. What is 2021 given what people think is going to happen in 2022? Are we into a sort of a thanks for the memory season or is <laughs> is this is this a, a real play to see if they could make it on their own and maybe they don't have to go down another road? 2021 is going to happen as for, from what I understand, the, the XFL will not play into it whatsoever. The rumors have been that the XFL, with or without the CFL, is going to have a hard time getting off the ground by 2022. And the reason for that is they suspended operations a year ago. Currently, as my friend Arash Badani put it, the XFL is essentially a bunch of moldy uniforms and expired helmets. They're, they have no personnel people. They have no coaches. They don't have facilities. They don't even really have teams. They just have some intellectual property. That's it. If you look back at when the XFL kicked off in 2020, I believe they were hiring coaches at least, I think it was 13 months out, right? For a March 2020 kickoff, which is what I believe it was, they were hiring coaches in February of 2019 and personnel people to put those teams together, I think even as, as early as late 2018. So now we're in a situation, we're sitting here having this conversation in mid-April. The XFL is honestly going to kick off in 11 months. They don't even have they don't have team presidents. They don't have personnel people. I have a very hard time seeing the XFL playing in 2022. I think that 2021 will be a shortened CFL season. Now, the way the XFL could kind of sort of tap into that is if we see the XFL help the CFL from a financial standpoint. Because if you have the the government, let's say, who says thanks but no thanks, we're not we're not providing an interest free loan. If the XFL steps up with those deep, deep pockets that Redbird Capital has, I think maybe there's a marriage there. If these leagues are going to merge or partner in some way down the road, the XFL using some of that capital to help the CFL carry through a 2021 season and CFL owners not have to absorb those losses. Instead, those losses would be held by Redbird Capital. Then I think that that's how it's going to come into play. Is 2021 a thanks for the memory season? I like the phrasing of that, by the way. That's good. Um, I, I Again, I have a hard time saying that because I, I don't think the XFL is going to be on the field in 2022. And by all accounts, I certainly hope the CFL is on the field in 2022. Uh, it would certainly seem to be a waste if you're not going to play in 2022. That said, I don't have any answers for you in that regard. I wish I did. Uh, I, think they'll, I think the CFL is going to play in 2021 for sure. But if these leagues, let's say, you know, let's say the Grey Cup's awarded in November, as always, and December they announced, and this is hypothetical, it's not inside info, it's just me spitballing. Let's pretend for a moment these two leagues announce in December they're merging. Well, do you play a whole season of 2021 CFL or of 2022 CFL football, or do you completely reshuffle the board and change everything, targeting a March 2023 start? Because let's remember. The, the Great Cup is traditionally handed out at the end of November. If the XFL wants to start training camps as late as, let's, or as early as, say, late, late February of 2023, you're only talking three months. Having a full CFL season followed by an XFL season, that's tricky. So I think you're right. It could be, 
but the answer is I don't know. I could see it happening. I obviously hope it's not a 2021 thanks for the memories season, but if that's not an incentive for fans to uh, to enjoy the games, whether that's in person, depending on COVID uh, restrictions and guidelines, or whether that's on television, radio, whatever, um, I don't know what is. That's a strong incentive right there. Well, I certainly hope we do get some football, even if I can't make it down to the stadium, because I, I'm like you. I was the type of person that would watch all 72 plus every playoff game, and uh, it's been really, really rough not having that. Absolutely. Oh, it's been miserable. All of this happening since March the 10th. I don't know how much of an inkling you had uh, that these discussions were taking place. Given the lack of information, given the lack of leaks, given the how tough has it been for you to report on all of this? Like how much how, is your head ready to explode because you're just not getting any information? <laughs> That's good. Um, you know, I'll say this. About a week before this news broke, um, I got a direct message on Twitter from an anonymous Twitter account asking me what I had heard about the XFL purchasing the CFL and merging the leagues. And I said, I've heard nothing to that effect, and it's never going to happen. Um, obviously, um, that was incorrect of me to say, uh, because there have been talks. Obviously, there's no conclusion to those talks yet, but this person had some info. Now, I later learned that this person had this Twitter account had reached out to other people, other reporters in this country, asking similar questions. And I also have been led to believe, I don't know this for a fact, but I've been led to believe that this account is owned and operated by an XFL uh, executive of some kind. I don't know the identity of this person, but clearly they were fishing to see what is the vibe in Canada. Do we have leaks in Canada about what about these talks? Because it's been reported that these two sides have been talking essentially since the cancellation of the 2020 season. They've been talking for months and months and months. When they came out and made this announcement that they're, quote, talking about talking, right, that Mr. Ambrose used several times, including on the Three Down Nation podcast in his interview with Dunk, it's it's certainly misleading, if not a lie, right? These 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 two sides have been talking for a long, long time. I don't believe they've reached a conclusion yet as to what is going to happen, but obviously it's serious. And if you told me a week before, right, because I, I, I dismissed this direct message that I received on Twitter, I'm not giving it two thoughts. I'm like the CFL and the XFL are not merging. Like, give me a break. So yes, it caught me completely by surprise. I think the leaks that did take place or more on the American side, they see the, the American XFL people I've talked to seem to know more about this than we do here in Canada. That being said, I know that the league office has signed a ton of NDAs, and that is part of the reason why there's very little information that has come out about this. I'm led to believe we're going to get some clarity on it next week, because Lord knows having a millions of, of CFL fans from coast to coast completely in the dark as to what's happening is not in the best interest of anybody, right? If these leagues are merging, the quicker that you make that announcement, at least in my opinion, the better, or the quicker that you are going to dispel the possibility that these leagues are merging. I think the sooner the better. I don't think keeping people in suspense, especially at a time where so many things are uncertain in people's lives because of the ongoing pandemic, I don't think that's in anybody's best interest. I don't think you want fans checking out uh, of the CFL because they're afraid it's going to merge. I don't think you like. I think you need to give people some certainty. So I'm hopeful it's coming next week. But the answer is yes. It's been frustrating. I've had dozens of conversations with contacts who who have said to me, 
you know as much as I do. And I say, really? Because I feel like I don't know anything. And they've said, same here, dude. Yeah. There, and, and there are people in Canada with information, obviously. There are people at the table for the CFL, but those people, at least not to me, they're not talking. Again, at least not to, they might be talking to some people, but they're not talking to me. And if they are talking to people, those people have not reported what those people have said. And ironically, maybe two leagues and two fan bases that were a little bit adversarial are suddenly now looking at each other going, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I got to say, I have a soft spot in my heart for XFL fans because the XFL has such a checkered past, a checkered history. 2001 was a debacle. Speaking of books, another book I would highly recommend is The Waterboy. It's Bobby Ackles biography brilliant novel um about a just remarkable canadian who happened to be an executive um a personnel executive in the xfl and he wrote and he wrote his autobiography months before he passed away tragically and suddenly uh but he wrote in there he said the xfl didn't work they ran short of money but he said he spoke very highly of vince mcmahon right in his in his 2001 season and then he also wrote something uh that's almost uh you know prophetic he wrote if mr mcmahon were to ever try this again i bet he would be successful because having tried it once i think he could i think he would learn from his mistakes he would have more liquid assets and he could make it work and though the xfl's product i don't think was great in 2020 there's no doubt they would have finished their season were it not for covid um, their, their ratings were at least decent. Attendance was at least okay. Um, I think you could probably take it to the bank. Okay. This, this league is going to last longer than the first. I'm not saying the XFL would have lasted 50 years under its most recent iteration, but it would have made it to season two. I think that's a fair bet. Uh, they made it halfway through the first season and the ratings weren't, weren't totally poor and attendance wasn't totally poor and the product was getting better. I thought point being. I, I do have a soft spot for XFL fans because in the it's the United States, right? You can you have college football on constantly, which is super entertaining. You've got the NFL, which is just an economic and media juggernaut. It's just a remarkable, unbelievably powerful league. And you choose to be an XFL fan? That's an undeniably weird thing. And I I have a, I have a weird respect and admiration for people who are happy to jump in and be fans of this really niche thing that's weird and new and bizarre i the one thing i'll say is i i take a little bit of offense to xfl fans who talk about their league like it's on the same footing as the cfl because last i checked we've got 108 years of history and, and a hall of fame literal heroes who have played in the cfl uh whether it's jeff nicklin who went off to war and died in battle um overseas or, or right, or, or whether it's you know active medical doctors who who have played, or, or I mean not a not a CFL player, but Laurent Duvernay Tardif, right, U sports hero who went and won a Super Bowl, then 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 took a year off to fight the COVID pandemic. Uh, the XFL again, as my friend Arash Badani said, is a bunch of moldy jerseys and expired helmets. So they're not on the same level, but I do have a respect and admiration for XFL fans simply because they are fans of again such a niche product that is such an underdog in the United States, I, I appreciate that they're, they're willing to stick with it through thick and thin. If someone offered you a truth serum 
and said, where, what's going to happen and what will this circumstance develop into? I would say, I would say these leagues are going to merge because at the end of the day, one of my favorite quotes in the world is the answer to all your questions in life is money. Uh, I don't know who said it first, but I hear Tony Kornheiser say it all the time on the Pardon the Interruption show, which I love, the PTI podcast I'm a big fan of. The answer to all life's questions is money. Where is the money? Well, the money says, let's have a 20-team league, or at least an 18-team league, and let's double down. We have two sides of the border. We have twice the games, twice the players, twice the fantasy interest, twice the betting interest. Maybe we can double our TV contract. Maybe we can double whatever gambling situation we can come into, right? It's not formally legalized yet, but it should be soon legalized, single betting or single game sports betting in Canada. Not legalized in many major states across the border, but I imagine it will be in the next three to five years. Uh, not dissimilar to, to, to cannabis, right? Once governments realize how much money they can make taxing those things, um, it's hard to turn down, especially coming after a pandemic where everybody and the governments are broke. And so that is why it's not based on inside info. It's it's just a gut feeling and that rationalization of let's let's follow the money trail. What leads to making these billionaire owners potentially more wealthy? Because if they just want to they want to own a CFL team and maybe make a little bit of money, especially if they host a great cup, right? Hosting the great cups always been worth a lot of money in Canada. You know, you have a nice year financially, even if you're, you know, the Argos or the Lions who, who lose money in an average year, you can make some money in a great cup year. If that's worth it for CFL owners, there's no reason for them to talk to the XFL because the business model is not broken if you're just looking to keep breaking even. However, if you're looking to turn your money losing asset into a money making asset, the answer is let's try this XFL business because we can always go back to being the regular old CFL. So I believe there will be a merger. Um, how confident am I in that? Not a hundred percent. Um, but I, I would not at all be surprised if 2022 or 2023, we see two leagues become one. Um, and, uh, that makes as, as a lifelong CFL fan, that makes me nervous for obvious reasons. Um, but that is, that is what, if I had to make a prediction right now, that would be where I put my money on the table. More comfortable if there was an exit clause built into that contract. I would feel infinitely more confident with that. I would also feel infinitely more confident if it did not involve the renovation of nine Canadian stadiums that are that are currently fitted with 110, 65-yard wide fields. To me, the CFL game is the best game in the world. I'm obviously biased in that regard. It's the game I grew up watching, but I have always been an NFL fan in addition to being a CFL fan. I like people who are football fans first and foremost. I think all football fans should be football fans. If you're American, I think you should watch the CFL in the summertime. If you're if you're Canadian, and by the way, we have great products in Canada called U Sports and the CJFL. And that's in addition to high school football and other all other kinds of, of, of football. So and levels of football, I should say. If you're a football fan in Canada, I think yeah, you you should watch the XFL. You should watch the NFL. You should watch college football. You should watch U Sports. You should watch everything because it's all great. However, I think the CFL game is best. I think the Canadian game is best. Um, to me, protecting it is very important. There's no evidence at all that I can find anywhere that Canadians prefer four-down football. I think that's a myth. I think some Canadians prefer the NFL because it's a marketing juggernaut and it has fantasy and it has betting 
and it's got all those things that people enjoy. But I've ran the numbers. College, the interest, Canadian interest in American college football has not increased in the last five years. Interest in the NFL is up 50%. That's an amazing number, especially among young people. The NFL has exploded in Canada. College football interest is exactly the same as it was five years ago. So it's not about four downs. It's not. It's about the NFL and taking a unique, quirky, super exciting, fun, three down, wide open Canadian game and turning it into a diet XFL or like XFL light or NFL zero or whatever you want to call it, right? Just turning it into a watered down version of the NFL is something that I think would hurt the league, not only from obviously just the historical and tradition aspect of it, but I think it would also alienate a lot of fans who say, hold up, you just took the CFL, which is something that I liked, and you turned it into a completely new league, which I don't like. And on top of that, you're using NFL rules. I can already watch the NFL. I want to watch CFL, right? Why would you want the same product twice? Like the, the analogy I would use is like, it's like owning a restaurant next to the very best Italian place in town and you sell sushi. Well, yeah, their restaurant's better than yours, but at least when people are tired of Italian, they'll come to your place and eat sushi. If you try to sell Italian as well, well, now you're just a cheap imitation of the restaurant next door. No one's coming to your place. If they want Italian, they're going to go next door. And if they want anything else, they're not coming to you. Like at least the CFL right now, for P- and I'm talking about for people who are NFL fans primarily, at least now you offer them something that's unique and different. Offering them something that's just a worse version of the NFL, I'm sorry. I think that's a disaster from a marketing aspect. I'm very hopeful they'll keep the CFL game intact or at least tweak it lightly or tweak it to be better. Because that's a great point somebody made to me recently. It's like, well, the CFL changes its rules every year. It's like, yeah, that's true. They're not huge rules, right? We're not talking about number of downs, things like that. But the CFL tweaks its rules every year to become a better, more compelling product. And I don't think that should be any different if these leagues merge. Yeah, keep tweaking the rules, but please tweak them for the better. Please don't change it to, oh, we're going to play four-down football on the you know, the, 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 the tight field, no more waggle, no more mode. It's like, well, those are the things that make the game exciting. Those are the things that make me jacked to watch Friday night football, doubleheader. Let's get Hamilton, Toronto, and then let's get, you know, Calgary at BC. That is that is six hours of, of absolute pleasure, right? I love that. Um, if it's just diet NFL, I, I mean, I'll watch it because I get paid to cover it, but I don't know how many regular fans are going to be that excited, especially if it's competing against other products. So I hope it stays um, similar doesn't have to stay the same, but I hope it is recognizable. If it's irrecognizable, I can't. I, I honestly can't even really see how the new how this new league would be successful. Other than Three Down Nation, where else can people find you? Well, my Twitter handle is John D Hodge. My Instagram is John Hodge. Though, admittedly, I keep plugging my Instagram, and then I never post anything. So I either got to stop plugging it or start posting it. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do yet. But I'm all over Twitter, John D Hodge. Um, all my written work is at Three Down Nation. You can listen to the Three Down Nation podcast wherever you get podcasts. Uh, the podcast was was Justin Dunk and Drew Edwards for a very long time. We had about a year long hiatus. We relaunched about six weeks ago. 
uh, with Duncan myself. So that's that's where you can find me. Um, I think that's everywhere. Oh, I also recently downloaded TikTok, and I've started a Three Down Nation TikTok account. But admittedly, I haven't posted anything because as I've gotten more into TikTok, I realize I don't even begin to understand the things that people post there. So as soon as you can, I mean, you can follow the account right now. Uh, but as soon as I figure out what the heck we can post on there, we'll also have content on TikTok. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks for doing this. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio. Worth watching.